Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome back to another week of beer, another week of Bible. This is episode 105. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. What's going on, man? Dude, I am so excited um, because tomorrow is my last day of work until after Thanksgiving. Guess what? It's also my last day of work until after Thanksgiving. Of course, when this episode releases, it'll be my last day off before I have to go back to work. Yeah, that's a sad day. But... In between yes. tonight and next week, something amazing is going to happen that is going to be life-changing for lots of people, mostly just two people. <laughs> no, mostly just us. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be in the same room together to record an episode. We're not going to do it live, but... We're, we're not going to do like the RFP guys have been doing the last couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> Live, live they're brave man dude live episodes there's no editing there's no nothing in the in the words of the old hymn no turning back no turning back exactly so <laughs> no we're excited about I, i'm very excited about that we tried to get together last year around thanksgiving when you were up this way and um stupid covid covid man i hate that, that stupid covid i hate that thing so this year should be all good and uh we're we're doing it we're gonna be in the same room and review a beer and talk about something. I don't know what, because we're, we're finishing up Lamentations tonight. That's true. We may just do a little review of Lamentations. Who knows? It we may, may be, just talk it, about it. It may be a short episode. I don't know. Yeah. But other than that, how are you doing, Anthony? Dude, I feel like this week has been chaos from Hades multiplied by more stuff. It. I don't know. It's been a crazy week. Um. It's just been everything seemed to like come unraveled today. I don't I don't know what it was, but it's just I don't know. Totally busy, tired of work, want to drink beer. Uh, just I don't know. It's one of those weeks. Um, my son had to have his tooth extracted. Um, I'm sorry, he what? Had, <laughs> because he had cavities. Oh, that's um, terrible. Yeah, he had to have a tooth extracted, and so we had it scheduled for like after Thanksgiving because that was the first opening. And then the dentist called yesterday, and they were like, hey, we had a cancellation first thing in the morning. And uh, my wife was like, yeah, let's go. We're doing it. And I had already had him a haircut scheduled for this afternoon. Well, he went to the haircut, and he was not having it. So needless to say, he did not get his haircut. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it is what it is. And and, uh, he's a trooper and toughed it out. But... Other than that, I'm just glad to have a night to relax and talk about the Bible and just just kind of met, let go of my mind for a few minutes uh, and in, and enjoy some some evening time. Yeah, man. But how are you, dude? We are like like I just said, I'm off uh, next week for the week of Thanksgiving. Um, just taking some time, not going anywhere really. Just gonna not go to work. So a staycation. Dang right. Um, my wife still has to work, and my son will have to go to school. No, he won't go to school any, because y'all will be here. That's right. So my son won't go to school next week, but we're doing we're we're okay, man. Just you know, the last couple of days before you leave for a week, our mm-hmm. preparation for you being gone, making sure you've done all the things, and um, make sure you have your email set up set right. This my time. email right, <laughs> yeah, I messed that up last time. Um, it'll be fine, and, and like like I said, I'm not leaving, so you know if something came up that I had to take care of. It could be done. I just hope yeah. that it doesn't happen that way. So, but That's right. I agree with you, man. I'm ready to, to drink some beer. I've already had a, 
a, a mixed drink tonight. So mm, um, I've already had a couple of beers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but ready to drink some beer and talk about the Bible and wrap up our study in Lamentations. Yeah, man, it's been a good. It's been a good study. It has been. It's been fun uh, talking through this. You know. Uh, we make we make jokes on the RFP thing all the time that we're like we're the podcast that does all the obscure books that nobody wants to talk about. We've done Habakkuk and First Peter and mm-hmm. now Lamentations, and so. Uh, but I mean, you get you learn those nuggets. You get the nuggets of, yeah. of scripture, and and Second Timothy tells us all scriptures God breathes, so not just the popular ones like Ephesians. Yeah. So. But we are going to drink some beer before we dive into the Bible tonight. So, Michael, what beer do you have for tonight's? Tastings. <laughs> that was a weird way to put that, but I like it. So uh, tonight I'm going back to the Terrapin Beer Company in Athens, Georgia. Um, I have the Chocolate Peanut Butter Pretzel Moohoo 2021 Reserve. Um, this Ooh. thing is a stout, uh, 8.5 ABV, 30 IBUs, and on terrapinbeer.com, it describes it as, uh, or it describes yeah, sorry. It says, by combining the harmonious flavors of chocolate and peanut butter with the cracker-like saltiness of pretzel flavor, we have created our tastiest muhu to date. Dig into our chocolate peanut butter pretzel muhu and enjoy the sweet and savory side of life. Um, like I said, 8.5 ABV, 30 IBUs. I didn't tell you, Anthony, this is a, this is a very unique beer in its packaging. It uses a cardboard... Uh, it's held together with like cardboard rings. Oh yeah, I had never. So they're saving the turtles. I had never seen that before. (laughs) What's funny is Terrapin other beers use plastic, so I'm really confused by that. But um, the can's really cool. Um, there's a turtle on it, obviously. Oh, it's turtle because they're Terrapins. Um, That's right. But uh, it's that same descriptions on the can. Um, and it's comes in a four pack of pints so we're gonna we're gonna see what happens here nice terrapin had the los bravos uh which i reviewed like back at the beginning of the baseball season that's right go braves go braves always um we're gonna talk about that for weeks i think i think we are I think we're gonna bring Dude, it up. a world series swag tonight I, mine came in the mail today i ordered it two weeks ago it came in the mail today so um nice. Sorry, anyway, uh, so Terrapin was what I reviewed back at the beginning of the baseball season, and now here we are at the end. I'm just bookending it all with That's with, right. uh, with Terrapin. So, uh, That's right. Anthony, what are you drinking? So tonight, um, I have found this tasty little gem, and I hope it is as good as the, uh, the can looks. This is called Grandma's Apple Pie Gose from Westbrook Brewing in um, somewhere in South Carolina, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And... Their description is short and sweet. Take a taste bud trip back to the simpler times with this nostalgic autumn gose. Um, and I looked up, I think we had done this before. I don't know if we've actually said what a gose is uh, on the podcast, but a gose is a warm for it's a beer that's fermented warm instead of cold. I think we did lagers and ales. One's done warm, one's done cold. I can't remember which one's which, but. Um, it originated from Gosler, Germany, and is usually brewed with at least 50% of the grain being malted wheat. Uh, dominant flavors in a typical gose would be like a, a lemon sourness um, and, a, and a saltiness. And so this is an apple pie-flavored beer, and I love apple pie. It's one of my favorites. So when I saw it, I was like, I'm going to try it. It's it's really low ABV, and so I can drink without uh, any any conscious there. It's only 4% ABV. Um, it is a gose. It's, uh, they, they use American ale yeast. Um, no IBUs listed here on the website, but uh, the picture on the website looks amazing. It actually looks colored like an apple pie, so I'm excited mm. to try I this tried thing. to I tried to find there's another brewery, and I cannot remember who it was. It's going to bother me. Um, that has an apple pie like sour mm-hmm. that just came out. I guess for I mean, it's come. This episode is coming out the day after Thanksgiving, so apple pie is kind of like yeah. Uh. Um, but I cannot is it, find. Is it, it. Ascension looked, Brewing? No, gosh, who was it? Okay, it's gonna bother me, and I'll I'll <laughs> it'll hit me like in the middle of the night. I'll text you at two a.m. Um, but but that that's 
I'm excited for yours. I'm excited for mine. And I think yes. we need to crack these things open and get to drinking. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. Smell test. Ooh. This oh, doesn't really oh. smell like anything. Oh, my. <laughs> do we already have a five Luther? This thing smells like a pretzel. Ooh. See, here's my... I, I've seen this beer in the package store mm-hmm. for months. And I haven't gotten it because I wasn't sure how I felt about the pretzel. I was like, the pretzel is going to be the thing that I don't like about it. Because I'm not a huge fan of like soft pretzel or anything. But dude. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite things about apple pie is like when you use tart apples. Mm-hmm. And you mix them with cinnamon and sugar. To give them like this tart sweetness. I can definitely smell a tart in this beer. So I think gozes are like by definition tart. They are, yes. I could be wrong about that, but I think gozes are intentionally tart. Yes. It's tart and salty. So mine taste I not taste, but smells I smell soft pretzel. Yeah. I smell peanut butter. Ooh. Chocolate's there a little bit, but I think that's mostly because it's a stout. Yeah. But, dude, this thing... Uh, Terrapin also has, like, a chocolate milk moohoo. Mm-hmm. So this is a different version of, like, the same oh, line, yeah. basically. If this thing is any good, I may be doing a Terrapin again. <laughs> like, very soon. Like, next week. <laughs> like, all the time. But this thing smells good. Um, and I think we should find out what they taste like. Let's do it. Bottoms up. Cheers, son. Dude, we must be getting good at this. This is this is this is amazing. <laughs> I I can't believe this. Does it taste like apple pie? Yes, it does. It is that's amazing. I don't even know how to describe that. It is liquid apple pie, is what it is. So I have found down here, and I've talked. I know I've talked about it before. Um, but the Atlanta Hard Cider Company, or Atlanta Cider Company, mm-hmm. makes a cherry pie cider that tastes like cherry pie. That's right. And I imagine your what you're experiencing is the it, same with apple. Yeah, it's it's definitely got the like the tart. Um, apple. It's it's the apple filling flavor is is what I'm getting, <clears throat> not necessarily like the crust, mm-hmm. but the apple filling flavor, which is a, which is a part that I love on apple. I mean, crust is great. Well, and, it definitely and a, rounds and it out. In a beer, that's going to be the easiest part to replicate. Yes, but if I like, if I had this and a slice of apple pie, I think my night would be made, like legit made, <laughs> because this stuff is fantastic. Um, in case you haven't figured out, this is all the way five Luthers. Um, the flavor is great. The texture is great. It's light. It's not real heavy, which is good. That's what I would want out of a summertime beer. This would be like barbecuing on the back porch with 77 of your friends hanging out, and I'm passing these out to everybody and being like, you got to try this. You got to try this. Like that, that would be me. Um, <clears throat> But man, this thing is so good, and I, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. It's so good. Mm. <laughs> so, how is the the chocolate peppermint peanut butter pretzel chocolate thing peanut, or jigger? Chocolate peanut butter pretzel. There's no peppermint. Um, it's actually really good for a stout. I'm not huge on stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, this because it's just there's too they're too thick to me they're, yeah. they're just very they stay with you um very heavy beer i mean like i said this is like eight point something abv yes um all the flavors are there Cho- I, I taste chocolate i taste peanut butter i taste the pretzel the pretzel is the one that's throwing me because that's not a beer flavor yeah although it is bread and i guess yeast is used i don't know um <laughs> you definitely use yeast to make bread so you do um <laughs> It's a, I mean, it's salty pretzel. Like I taste pretzel salt, like the That's little amazing. granules of pretzel salt. Yeah. Um, 
this would be ideal sitting on the porch with a pipe or a cigar. Oh. Is that is that kind of that kind of a feeling? By the way, to I'm it? bringing my pipe up next week, so it's on like chicken bones. Well, we'll see if we have time for that. Um, oh, we'll make time. <laughs> I'm really stuck between four and a half and five Luthers on this. Because stouts are not your favorite. Because stouts are not my thing, and I mm-hmm. really like. But this is like this feels like how we said IPAs couldn't do more than four. Yeah, and then you and I, within two weeks, both gave an IPA more than a four. <laughs> we got to quit um, making rules like that. <laughs> we got to stop it. Um, <laughs> screw it. I'm going to give it five Luthers. Do it. Um, I, it's it's very good. It's probably the best stout that I've had. Nice. Um, and I mean, it is exactly, you know, at, at some point in this whole, in the life of our podcast, we said if a beer claims to do something and then does that thing, that's kind of the standard that we're mm-hmm. going by. Um, and this thing, I mean, there's chocolate, there's peanut butter, there's pretzel. Um, it's thick. It, it's, it's rich. It, yeah. It's very good. It tastes great. Um, and it's yeah, Terrapin's gonna get five Luthers out of me tonight, which nice. is a redemption for them because their first go round, the Los Bravos, I think it only actually, got three no, or three and a half. No, I take that back. That's not their first go round. I've done a few of them. So they had a watermelon goze. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave that five. You <clears> gave it four. Um, then they had the high and hazy IPA mm-hmm. that you gave three and a half, and I gave four. Um, then I did the Los Bravos, and it got three. So the Los Bravos has actually done the worst of the Terrapins. Nice. Um, now I'm given the uh, chocolate peanut butter pretzel muhu stout <laughs> is getting – that's a lot going on there. That is a lot is, going um, on. <laughs> I'm giving it five Luthers. Um, and lo- looking back, I've given out a lot of fives recently. Um, I've given out a lot of fives recently. <laughs> you have. Like, you've given out three – five Luther – you've, you've rated – Three beers with five Luthers in the last two months, which yes. is kind of a high, um, high rate for you. Yes, so. it is. But hey, that's twice in three weeks. You and I have both got double fives, f- five Luther beers, and uh, we'll see if the trend continues. But mm-hmm. Westbrook and Terrapin, good job tonight getting Holy uh, smokes five beer or five Luther beers out of. Rick and myself. You just said um, Rick. I did say Rick. <laughs> Dang. In I knew my it was going to happen. In my brain, I was like, his name is Anthony. <laughs> and for some reason, Rick is what came out of my yes. mouth. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> listen, hey, we stopped that at episode 67. That's right. That was 38 episodes ago. I think this is the first time it's actually made it all the way out of one of our mouths. So apologies to anyone who's confused. <laughs> Um, oh, that's amazing. The Rick thing. <laughs> but Anthony gave his five Luthers, and I gave mine five Luthers. And um, that is our beer review for this evening. And now, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Bible. Let's do it. And we are back. Uh, Anthony and I are still enjoying our beers, our five Luther beers from our yeah. review tonight. Um, that apple pie thing, man, I'm I'm really <laughs> jealous. I'm I'm very jealous. Um, you should but be anyway. You should be anyway. This is so good. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the hunt, I guess, for the next few days, trying mm-hmm. to see if I can find it. So uh, tonight we're gonna conclude our study in Lamentations, like we've talked about a couple of times already. Tonight we're gonna. Uh, wrap it up and uh, finish out Lamentations. Um, the study through the book for me has been really eye-opening in the fact that um, a lot of the things that Mark Vrogrop talked about mm-hmm. in his in that introductory, those first you know few weeks that we were in this whole study of laments and Lamentations, 
Um, for me, we're seeing a lot of that whole process in scripture. It's, it's yeah. not like Mark just kind of like pulled it out of thin air. He went to scripture and and saw it and put you know figured out how to word it to where we can apply it to our own lives. So, um, it's crazy to think that that is something that could be done. Um, Kudos, Mark. Great job. Well done, Mark. <laughs> The crate that that my my last comment was sarcasm. If you didn't catch on, um, <laughs> sarcasm is a love you, language. I'm you convinced sarcasm? of it. <laughs> Never. <laughs> sarcasm is a love language. Um, so tonight we're going to read all of Lamentations chapter five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we, you and I, may disagree on this as far as the authors of Lam- the author slash authors of Lamentations. I mean, it's perfectly fine for you to be wrong. It's okay. I don't know if I'm wrong because the first three chapters are so vastly different than the last two in their structure. You should go read some Martin Luther. I might. (laughs) I'll consider it. Because early Martin Luther and late Martin Luther, you'd be like, this guy is a sociopath and or a schizophrenic. Well, (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying. It was Jeremiah. You can say that, but unless it says somewhere this was written by Jeremiah, we can't know for sure. <laughs> That's true. We can't know and for at sure. The, and at the end of the day, doesn't matter. We don't. It doesn't matter. So it really anyway, doesn't. Uh, so Lamentations chapter five. <laughs> finally, getting to the point <laughs> of the episode. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, so Lamentations chapter five. Um, we're going to read all of chapter five because the verses are much more. Uh, concise than they have been in the previous four chapters. Again, another uh, point to make that maybe a different author wrote this chapter than the others. Except chapter three. Um, chapter three was short too. Yeah, but not as short as chapter five. Anyway, um, <laughs> so chapter five, we're going to read all verses one through 24. Um, and I'm going to read from the Holman Christian Standard as I typically do. And here's what nice... You couldn't have waited, like, (laughs) two minutes. Gosh. Sorry. Sorry. This is going to be a train wreck for you to edit. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm leaving all this in. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) So, Lamentations chapter 5, reading uh, all of of it, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Yahweh, remember what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our houses to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We must pay for the water we drink. Our wood comes at a price. We are closely pursued. We are tired, and no one offers us rest. We made a treaty with Egypt and with Assyria to get enough food. Our fathers sinned. They no longer exist, but we bear their punishment. Slaves rule over us. No one rescues us from their hands. We secure our food at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is as hot as an oven from the ravages of hunger. Women are raped in Zion, girls in the cities of Judah. Princes are hung up by their hands. Elders are shown no respect. Young men labor at millstones. Boys stumble under loads of wood. The elders have left the city gate, the young men their music. Joy has left our hearts, our dancing has turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head, woe to us for we have sinned. Because of this our heart is sick, because of these our hearts grow dim. Because of Mount Zion which lies desolate and has jackals prowling in it. You, Lord, are enthroned forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why have you forgotten us forever, abandoned us for our entire lives? Lord, restore us to yourself so we may return. Renew our days as in former times, unless you have completely rejected us and are intensely angry with us. I'm just going to point something out here. What's that? This is the end of the book of lamentations and whoever the writer is if it's jeremiah like anthony thinks or if it's somebody else like i don't have reason to think (laughs) either i just 
It's your. It's favorite. just. A, it's just not very encouraging. <laughs> it's definitely it's, not. It's kind of like the end of Jonah. You know, like how Jonah get. You get to the end of Jonah, and it's like <clears throat> Jonah may go off and do what God told him to do, but yeah. maybe he won't. Like this. Like the first eighteen verses of Lamentations five feels like the first two chapters of of Lamentations. Yes. Where it's very much about like the destruction, God, you've forgotten us, God, our enemies have like taken over, God, you know, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Verse nineteen almost feels like it's about to change. Like the writer is saying, like, you Lord are enthroned forever, your throne endures from generation to generation. And then verse twenty says why have you forgotten us? <laughs> <laughs> you love us, but also, <laughs> where are you? So it, it kind of—I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that whole like schizophrenic thing. I don't know. Um, it just feels very like not that the writer's given up. Yeah, but it just feels like these kind of like I've said all I know to say, mm-hmm. or all I think is necessary to say mm-hmm. um i don't know like 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 the final verse the final two verses lord restore us to yourself so we may return renew our days as in former times so like bring us back to the days of glory bring us back mm-hmm. to before the city was destroyed and then verse 22 unless you have completely rejected us and are intensely angry with us so is I mean the guy's like saying Lord bring us back to our glory unless our sins have caused you to be that upset mad yeah. angry dejected like whatever it is um but it feels like the writer is accepting of that fate whatever the fate is I I think that's the perfect way to put it I think this is brutal honesty is what this is. And the writer, you know, if it's Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah. If it's not, it's not. At the end of the day, Scripture is Scripture, and all Scripture is God-breathed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, what he's doing is he's saying, I can't do this. You have to do this. And is that not a perfect example of what we as believers should be doing on a daily basis? Yeah. You know, this this is complete and utter trust. Uh, you know, the the fourth point, trusting in God that Mark talks about. Mm-hmm. This is, chapter five to me is the epitome of trust. Even though it sounds a ton like complaining, and there are definitely complaint verses in this chapter. Yeah. You, I mean, when you stick that one verse 19 in the middle of that, and it, what's funny is that I, I read this through several times this week just to kind of continue to familiarize myself with the chapter. And I highlighted verse 19 because it's like that verse doesn't fit in the chapter. 1 through 18 is all complaint. 20 through 22 is like complete destitute. We're at the end of ourselves. And then you have verse 19 in the middle of all that that says, but you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures for all generations. I mean, you're said from generation to generation. Yeah. You know? And so I I think this chapter is a beautiful example of when we see lament or complaint, the complaint aspect of lament and grace really collide with each other. Yeah. I feel like the... I, I mean, I agree with you totally. I, I do think that this chapter shows... The entire process of lament. I, I don't think yeah. it's just it's just limited to complaint and trust. I think no. it starts with uh, calling out to God. It starts mm-hmm. with um, or turning to God, and then you complain, and then there's an aspect of ask in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then it, it ends up being trust. By the end, he's saying, "Yeah, God, restore us, unless your anger yeah. is so much that you don't want us to be restored." Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I maybe of all five chapters, this chapter is the m- the most thorough, the most complete um, picture of what Mark talked about in yeah. his book. 
in regards to the process of lament. Yeah. And I mean, we have to remember, Mark said this, but uh, lament is a call for God to act according to his character. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's exactly what he's doing in in all of this complaining. I mean, a, a complaint really is a call on God to act according to his character. And his character right. is faithfulness, his character is justice, his character is truth, and if you're a sinner in need of punishment, then guess what? Punishment and discipline is is the truth that you deserve. It's it's what you get. Yeah. And so you can't God, you can't complain about it. Yeah. I mean God's character is nothing like our character. No. And and we cannot we could never hold ourselves to the same standard of God's character. Yeah. And even if we tried, we we're gonna fail miserably. Yeah. Um and, and so to to think that we're even capable of that is mm-hmm. ridiculousness and ludicrous. <laughs> it is. It is. That's one of your favorite words is ludicrous. Ludicrous is one of my favorite words. He's not one of my favorite rappers though, so I mean there's that. So But um so yeah. he's complaining. Verses one through eighteen, he's complaining and and you have to remember that each one of these chapters is a is like an individual prayer or an individual lament. Mm-hmm. And and you hear almost this type of regret in in his in the writing of it. Because he's when you regret something, you you almost you acknowledge that you did it, but you don't want to own up to what you did. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think a lot of times regret, at least with the way we look at it, is like a I'm sorry I got caught, not I'm sorry I did something wrong. Yes. And I think the writer here, regardless of who it is, is saying – or not maybe not the writer, but maybe the people around him or some whatever. They're saying we're sorry that – we're sorry for the consequences. We're not necessarily for the – we're not necessarily uh, sorry for the actions. Yeah. We're sorry that our actions brought about these consequences, mm-hmm. um, but there, a lot of times in our walks, like we may say we're sorry, but it's more this aspect of like I'm sorry that I, I I'm sorry that I did X, Y, and Z. Not I'm sorry I sinned against a holy living God, a, yeah. a holy God, or I'm I'm yeah. sorry that I uh, betrayed trust, or I'm sorry, you know, whatever it yeah. is. Um, and, and we have to, I think, I don't know. I feel like we have got to get our minds or our actions flipped to where we're no longer like just sorry for the consequences of our actions, mm-hmm. but we're sorry for the root cause of them or yeah. we regret the root cause of them, which is ultimately like our own sin always like, yeah. It's. I mean, it's I our know. sinful nature. Yeah, and I don't know. Our sinful nature kind of defaults to a a regret attitude. A I'm sorry I got caught, mm-hmm. and not I'm sorry that I'm broken, and I need your help. I need you to come in and change me and remake me from the inside out. Yeah, and fix my my brokenness is, and that's what that's what repentance is. And that's I mean. There's a lot of parallels between repentance and lament, um, mm-hmm. because repentance is a an, an obvious brokenness for the sin that is in your life, for the things that you have done to transgress against God, and lament is is something that that I love this this quote. I I can't remember where I drew it from. I think I I called it out of the commentary. But it says lament acknowledges that your world seems to be falling apart while remembering. That simultaneously acknowledging that our world could very well be falling into place. So mm. I don't know if I said that clear enough, but like what you think is your world falling apart in reality could be God making your world come into place. And he's using a broken situation and he's using the sin of people around you and your own sin to sanctify you and bring you along in this process of of repentance and reconciliation, and and we're going to talk in a little bit about restoration, um, because that's what lament really does for us. Is it is it restores us? And and we talked about this last was it, it may have been last week where we talked about the orientation and reorientation. Mm-hmm. 
And and that's I mean that's what the restoration process should look like in our lives is this when we are restored we're restored to a different mentality than we had before when we were broken and we needed to we we basically needed to be reoriented. And yeah. and so that's that's really what complaint and trust look like in this in this prayer right here is he's saying these things like um, I mean, you, you could almost run anywhere between verses one and one and eighteen, one uh, one through seventeen. Uh, you know, we've given our hands over to Egypt. I'm just going to pick up in verse six um, to get enough bread. Our fathers have sinned and are here no more. Slaves rule over us. Um, you know, everything that they're saying is this bad situation. We're in this situation, and then in verse um, sixteen. They you all you acknowledge the entire thing. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. And and that's where restoration can really come in, and that's where mm. repentance can really come in and reorient our lament, our brokenness, into what God wants to use it to sanctify us. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> That was a bunch of thoughts all at once. No, no, you're good. Um, I do think it's important because we've talked about regret a little bit, and you've hit on repentance right there. I think it's important to to discuss the difference between the two. Yeah, um, I don't think because in at least in Western church or Western culture or mm. however you want to word that, like regret and repentance, I don't think they're interchangeable terms. But I think they could be. I think people could. Get the definitions backwards. Yeah. Um, so, like, so regret is like, um, I'm sorry I did this thing with no intent of changing behavior. Yeah. Repentance is, um, is I mean the 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 prefix is the same. I'm sorry that I did this thing, and I intend to not do this thing again, or I intend to try to try to do better. Yeah. Um. And when we start talking about our relationship with Jesus, our salvation is not evidenced by regret. No. It shouldn't like, be. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be. And if it is, then your salvation is maybe not legit. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say anything that will be like – turn people off. But anyway. You're not, so, you're not wrong. And, and the thing is that is a very Western mindset. You said it a little bit ago. The, our Western mindset is we say we're sorry when we get caught, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have to change. Right. Or or we or we say we're sorry when we get when we get caught, but we don't really mean it. Exactly. Like like I'm sorry that I got caught lying about where I was whenever mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z. In reality, I'm not I don't like You're to, not really to, sorry. To me, big <laughs> deal. Like, okay, I you know what? You know I may have betrayed your trust, but is to me it's not the big like. That's a very like that's a whatever. But like yeah. But when, when when we come into relationship with Jesus, our actions or, or our sins like it shouldn't be like. I regret my sin. I re- I should be turning my back on my sin. Repentance mm-hmm. is the word picture there is like I completely turn my back and walk in the opposite direction of yeah. my sin toward Jesus, toward righteousness, mm-hmm. toward the things of God. Um and, and it's and it's not to say that like regret cannot lead to repentance because it can. I think that but to substitute the two is where we get into this dangerous place where we're interchanging terms that don't mean the same. Yeah. We're using terms but different definitions. Yeah. We're and, using the same terms with that have different definitions, but we're using them in the same place. Yeah. And I, I think something that's interesting, and, and I've always thought this way, is that um, regret does not really have an object. You know, that it's not nice. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's perfect timing. Um Regret is not is not pointed towards somebody or something, whereas uh, repentance is. 
Regret says, and this is where we, you know, we kind of have said this multiple times, but Regret says, I'm sorry I got caught. You're sorry that you got caught because it's all about you. Repentance says, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that I did something against you, and I'm going to change what I have done. Exactly what you just talked about, the 180-degree thing. Mm-hmm. That's what repent. And so there's an object when you're talking about repentance. You have you have sinned against or you have hurt somebody or something. Yeah. You know, in in the case of sin, it's always going to be somebody and that somebody is typically going to be God. It, yeah. You may sin against a fellow brother in Christ or something like that and and you'll have to seek forgiveness for that, but ultimately oh, your sin goes against God because it doesn't bring glory to God. Yeah. And so, you know, we, when we talk about the differences between regret and repentance, we need to remember that repentance is always going to have an object, but at the same time, regret is a, is a good thing that we can use to drive us to repentance. Yeah. And, and it's not something that we should bury because, I mean, regret is a feeling that you have, and that feeling can be brought on by the Holy Spirit that says, I did this wrong. So it's not necessarily something that should be buried. Mm-hmm. But it is something that we can use it. We can wield it for the glory of God, and we can say yeah. that regret can drive us to repentance and say, I wronged this person, I wronged you, and I need to seek forgiveness from you. I need to repent of that sin that I committed towards you, and I need forgiveness, and I need to move forward. Yeah. Which I is like going to drive you to restoration. Yeah. I, I do like how you put that regret is a feeling. Yeah. Um, regret is a feeling. I, I I believe this would be backed up by scripture. I'm not 100% sure, so I'm going out on a limb. But I think repentance is an action. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. So regret is a feeling. Repentance is an action. Mm-hmm. And we need to be careful not to get the two mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why one can lead to the other. Yes. And so ultimately, the point of regret and repentance is to bring restoration. Yes. And verses 19 through 22 will talk about this restoration and this this putting your trust in the one who brings restoration. Yeah. And so, you know, lament lament is going to do something in our lives. It's going to affirm the sovereignty of God in our lives because it recognizes God as as the creator, the ruler of the universe and it's going to recognize his sovereignty even in the midst of dark clouds, even in the midst, you know, yeah. going back to the, the title of the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Yeah. Um, the darker the cloud, the deeper the mercy. And so um, when we talk about restoration, you know, one of the things, and I think that, that verse 18 kind of hits on this, um, but I've, I've always loved to read Psalm 136 because it's a very, very repetitive psalm. You know, it lists something and it says his love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. And it's like, it's it, as as believers, we need to be reminded of certain truths. Mm-hmm. And if you've read Psalm 136, it's like, we need to, no matter what our circumstances, his steadfast love endures forever. Though the wind yeah. may, may blow, his steadfast love endures forever. So you can read through those. You could almost cut it in half if you just took out his steadfast love endures forever and just read the, you know, the first part of each verse. Yeah. And and so Psalm 136 is this remembrance of God's steadfast love in all of these circumstances. And the reminder or the remembrance of that love is going to lead us to trust in God because he is the one who restores us, talking about uh, verse 21. Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. This is very uh, similar to the ending of Hosea. You know, come, let us return. Let us return to the one who broke us. You know, mm-hmm. is 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 what Hosea yeah. cries out, and so this is it's very very similar in its wording there. But this type of trust is always going to seek restoration. All right. So as we think about that, trust always seeks restoration. Um, the ultimate purpose, like, and remember back to chapters two and four of Lamentations. The ultimate purpose of discipline is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to like make you feel like you can't do anything right, but it's reconciliation in your relationship with Mm -hmm. God, with Jesus, with others. Um, 
and and I think the ulti- maybe the ultimate picture of this in maybe all of Scripture, I don't know, would be Psalm 51 where we see the restoration of David. Yeah. It, I mean, that's that's definitely one of the key scriptures. And if you've read Psalm 51, you know, Nathan is confronting David because of his sin with Bathsheba. And it's, it is a, it is a cry of a broken man. And verse mm. nine, create in me a clean heart of God, renew a steadfast spirit within me is mm. where you get Psalm 51, nine and 10. But, the whole point of Nathan confronting David with his sin is to bring restoration. Think about Matthew 18 and the process of, you know, when a brother sins against you, you go to that brother personally, and if he doesn't repent, you take two or three witnesses, you go to that brother, and if he doesn't repent, you bring him to the church. And if he doesn't repent, you treat him as if he's an unbeliever because what you're trying to do in that situation is you're trying to reconcile a, a, a friendship or you're trying to reconcile mm-hmm. a, uh, a brother connection and uh, you know that's in Christ. And if that brother is not willing to reconcile with you, then you should treat him as an unbeliever. Now, this is the really interesting part because you know a lot of people would say that treating him like an unbeliever means you, like, you kick him out, you don't talk to him anymore and all that kind of stuff. That is, that is not what scripture says Christians are to do with unbelievers. Yeah. With unbelievers, we're supposed to be there and serve them and share the gospel with them. Because if they're not willing to reconcile with their own brother, maybe the deeper reality is they need to reconcile with God first. Yeah. Because, and and that is the ultimate reconciliation. The ultimate restoration is not brother to brother, but it's man to man or woman to God. Yeah. And that's where we push that. Yeah. I don't think we as believers at any point have the liberty or the authority to say to anybody, you're not welcome here. I would agree with that statement. But I feel like there's a lot of... Mic drop. I'm sorry. There was a long pause there. I was trying to figure out what was going on, but I was like, I I just feel like there's a lot of people in churches, well-meaning people that love Jesus, Mm -hmm. that when somebody shows up that looks differently or lives differently or or insert whatever um, cliched lost person thing. Yeah. I have a prime uh, I, I have a prime example of this. Okay, go. Okay. Go. Go. So, I'm having a hard time because So, just go. I used to travel with a band uh years ago and we traveled to Las Vegas, Nevada one time to play for mm. a church. Fun times. Great um, town. Great town. And so we go to Vegas and and we go and we're doing like a disciple now for for this youth group for the weekend and we're we're scheduled to play Sunday morning services uh, before we we head out of town. So we have our weekend with kids. It's a great time, you know. I was young and I could I could do I could stay up late and all that kind of stuff. But Sunday comes around and they're like, okay, we have four services on Sunday morning. I'm like, fantastic, let's do this. <laughs> um, you know, it's like eight, ten, twelve, and two, and I'm like. Just line them up. Let's go. Um, so, and they said, now one of our services, there's going to be a guy that's going to come in, and you're going to think when he walks in that he's here to shoot up the place. And and this is the and the pastor's being he's just being honest with us. He's like, mm-hmm. this guy looks like this, and and we're kind of like, okay. He's mm-hmm. like, but you need to understand, this guy about three months ago got radically saved. And and his, and we've been discipling this guy, and he comes and he comes to this service and he sits on the front row, and he just worships his heart out, and he mm-hmm. takes notes in the sermon, and he's like, he is a he is a disciple in training. I was like, that's what this guy is, and and we're mm-hmm. so excited that he's part of part of our church. And they said, but he looks like a like a motorcycle guy, and so we're like, all right. You know, we're expecting this guy with long hair, you know, and he's going to have like all these tattoos all over his place. 
So this guy walks in, and the dude was exactly right. This dude has a two-and-a-half-foot-tall mohawk. Nice. No joke. Bald as me, which if you can see me, I'm bald, but he's got this two-and-a-half-foot-tall mohawk that goes straight up, and it goes out from the front and all the way around to his back. And he spends he probably spends an hour fixing this thing. But he walks in, and he's got leather chaps, and he's got on a wife beater and a leather jacket on top of that, and you can't see an inch of his skin because he's got so many tattoos, and his face looks like Post Malone. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is what this guy looks like. And, and again, like, if, if I saw this guy on the street, I'm a terrible person for saying this, but I would walk to the other side of the street. Like, I would be scared of him. Mm-hmm. But how many times do we let things like that dictate the way that we decide if somebody is actually seeking restoration with God? Yeah. If that pastor would not have told us this guy's walking in here and he's going to look like this, but he's one of our best church members, I, you know, that's my natural default position because I'm a sinner and I'm yeah. I'm made to judge people. Yeah. But again, discipline that when when the guy came in and, and he repented, they said, you know, we've had to work with this guy on certain things. They're not going to get it right every time. And if they would have judged that guy based off the way he looked when he walked in and said, you're not welcome here. We don't mm. want you here. Think, think of the impact that would have had on that guy's life. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to to look at somebody and say, because of what you're doing or the way you look, you're not welcome here. You have got to be kidding me. That is the no. most unchristian thing you could say to somebody. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the controversial thing this week. You Do ready? It. Do it. There is not a church on the planet that has the luxury to turn somebody away because of how they look. Agreed. And I would add, or the way they're living. Agreed. I I don't I don't care if they're living in sin. Mm-hmm. You still don't turn them away. You nope. welcome them in, and you give them the gospel. Here's here's the thing about living in sin. Okay, so like like I don't I don't know what you think of when you think living in sin, but we are all living in sin. We are. Some of us are just covered by grace. Some of us are covered by grace, but that doesn't make us any less sinful. It's true. Like my my sins are no less offensive to the holy God of the universe than the sins of somebody who doesn't know Jesus, or Billy Graham, or Billy Graham. It's exactly right. So 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 don't live in this like bubble where you think like oh they're not they're choosing to live in a way that is in direct opposition of the gospel, you are literally no different. It's true. You you may be covered by the grace of Jesus. You may be covered by the blood, but that does not give you the luxury to judge somebody because they are living a way that does not... Uh, meet up to your standards? Meet to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was trying... But... but Man's standards should not be our measuring stick. No. At any point, ever. They should not. But too many times, that's that's what happens. And a lot of people get turned off to the church because yeah. of it, which is really sad. Yeah. If the, if the father would not have welcomed the prodigal son back home, then we would not have the picture of the gospel in, mm. that, in that story. Because... The son knew exactly how he was living and came back home to the father. And if you read that story, you see that he, re- he remembered the love of his father. He, he was a, I mean, if you really want to get semantics about it, you could say that he was a believer who walked away and mm-hmm. came back. Or he was never a believer, did what unbelievers do, and then remembered what it was like with his father and said, you know what? I do need that. And that's what the gospel reminds us of. And if we, Mm -hmm. if we can't show the gospel to people in all situations, then we're not 
calling prodigals back from their sin. Yeah. It's it's not an excuse to let people live in their sin. And and I think there's a big difference. You can't let somebody continue to live in their sin. You have to confront sin and you have to disciple and you have to work with people. Mm-hmm. But it's also somebody somebody living a sin is not a reason for you to shut them out of your life or yeah. to shut them out of your home totally or to shut agree. them out of your business or to shut them out of anything that you are a part of because the gospel calls us to bring people in. Does the story of the prodigal son question here? Okay. Does the story of the prodigal son indicate that the prodigal son stopped living in his sin? It does. Uh, okay. I mean, you could say you could say because what he does is is he's I mean he's living with the pigs in the trough and he realizes the state that he's in mm-hmm. and he remembers his father and he goes back to his father. And so, I mean, if if you're gonna say because it's a parable and it's not perfect, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not a. But if you're gonna say li- he left the lifestyle he was living and went back to his father's house, mm-hmm. but the the story is, I mean, he shows up at his father's house and I'm sure he smelled like pigs and feces mm-hmm. and you know he was not in any state to be welcomed by his father. But what did his father do? He went and yeah. got a robe and ran to him and hugged him in the state that he was in. Yeah. Mm. So, I don't know. It, it, I mean, that that's what the gospel does. The gospel is restoration, and the gospel points us to Christ because restoration points us to Christ. Yeah. That's what Christ did for us. Yeah. Your lament, your pain, whatever it's in, it ultimately should be pointing you back to Christ. Yeah. And and the reason for that is because Jesus took the full wrath of God yeah. on for our sin. Yes. Like, like, we should be driven back to Christ because of that. Yes. In our sorrow, in our pain, in our suffering. Um, and, and ultimately, sin is at the root of all lament. Yeah. When, 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 when we're lamenting, when others are lamenting, like, it is a... It should ultimately be a recon, a recognition, recognizing. I don't know what the word is, <laughs> but we should be recognizing that our sin has broken us, and our sin yeah. has broken the situation around us, and and that is what has brought us to this point of mm-hmm. brokenness and this yes. point of where we are totally and utterly helpless and mm-hmm. useless in the situation. And that our only hope, literally our only hope, is in Jesus. Yes. And, and without Jesus, we can do nothing. Amen to that. And I think I think that right there is the perfect place to leave it. Because if, if you are in sin, hear this as a plea from two guys who love Jesus and don't know your situation but God is calling you back out of your sin if you're a believer and you're struggling and you don't know where to turn God is calling you out of your lament God is the one who's saying work through this trust me complain to me ask me but in the end trust me I I got the first one wrong should be turn turn to me complain act and trust turn complain t-cat cat and so that's that's where that's the process of lament that's what we've spent the last seven eight weeks talking about mm-hmm. and it all points back to the whole point of lament points back to us restore being restored to Christ us being restored through Christ because Ephesians 1 says if we are in Christ that we have been chosen from the foundations of the world. And, and we have all of these blessings. And if we are in Christ, 2 Corinthians says we are a new creation. Mm-hmm. And if we are in Christ, we have the, the blessings, the coverings of the Father, because we are in Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what the gospel is right there, being mm-hmm. in Christ. Well, amen and amen to that. Maybe. Yes. 
Michael, it's time to do the things that we do at the end of the podcast where we tell them where they can meet us on social media platforms. All right. So let's do that. Let's tell them where they can meet us on social media. If you want to find the Beers and Bible podcast on the social media platforms, we are on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. Beers and Bible P1. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for the logo on the uh, that you see there on your podcast listening device. platform device. I don't know Whatever. what the word is. Um, you can email us beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We've actually had a couple of people reach out. So, and we even respond sometimes. Occasionally. So, um, we would, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. If you have any beer suggestions or, uh, topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, we'd love to hear that. Um, and then you can also visit our website, beers and Bible and pick up some BMB merch and represent the podcast, uh, wherever you go with a hat or a shirt or a sticker or whatever else. I don't even remember all the stuff that's on all there. All the fun things. We And if you have any suggestions for merch, we'd love to hear that in, as well. So reach out to us on the uh, avenues that are there for that. Yes. So until next week, we hope that your Bible stays open and your beer stays cold, and we will see you later. Peace out. Peace out.